Welcome, everyone. I'm so excited to tell you about this podcast. It's called The DK Project, but it's really The Darren Show. The DK Project is a radio show, but without the radio. So sit back, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. Let's go! Today's episode is brought to you by the Lost Lake Creamery, located in Mound in the Harbor District. If you're on the bike, it's off the Dakota Trail. If you're in the boat, it's on the north end of Cooks Bay. Just look for the Lost Lake Channel. Plenty of parking provided by the city. If you're by car, 5575 Shoreline Drive. Stop in, 24 flavors of hard-scooped ice cream, old-fashioned ice cream parlor. Make sure to stop in and see us. Oh, kids. DK Project listeners are in for a real treat today. We sit down with the one and only Mr. Tommy Chong from Cheech and Chong fame. You probably know him from any number of things. He was on that 70s show, uh, Cheech and Chong, all of them. He's been in bands. He's been in prison. He's been everywhere, and we cover it all. We open this thing up and let her buck. It's over an hour of pure entertainment. It was a great time. Tommy was great. We couldn't thank him enough for all the time. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Tommy Chong. Not worthy. We're not worthy. And I popped in my head last night. I was like, I'm not worthy. I'm not fucking worthy to talk to Tommy Chong. So it's, 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 it's great uh, to so meet cute. you. I, I bet you get that all the time, though, don't you? Uh, lately, lately, yeah. it's been coming around to that. You know, it's the age thing. You know, I'm getting old. Some people are giving me that. Uh, How does he that? Won't be here. He won't be here long, so we better be nice to him. Oh, you know, my. That Listen to that. And what, what, what age does that happen exactly? Like, <laughs> like when do you cross that threshold to like, eh? It's hard to say. <laughs> it just, it's just starting to happen uh, to me. I'm 83 now, so. Damn. Well, you look good, so, honey. You look good. Yeah. You know what, what happens? I got a, a, a granddaughter, and I was tripping, you know, because she's eight months old. And mm-hmm. uh, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm not going to be here when she's uh, yeah, grown, you know. And so so it's, it's kind of. You don't know. They're saying of, now that people could live to be 100 plus. Yeah, yeah but me- but but mentally, <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm talking about being here. Well, <laughs> there's limits, you know. I, I, uh, it's funny you bring that up because you just turned 83, right? Yeah, yeah. Man, that's a good run. That's you've been active so far, and busy yeah, for yeah. a long time. That is so cool. I was doing some research because uh, uh, I knew you were coming on, and uh, you started this a long time ago. Yep. Yeah, I sure did. In the old well, I had public nothing eye. Else. I had nothing else to do, you know. <laughs> <laughs> might as well. Yeah, yeah might as well. Might as yeah. well go for the go for the big ring, you know. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, I've known, you know, very early in my life that I was destined to be something. I, I wasn't sure what it was, and I wasn't really giving it much thought. I was just like looking, you know, and uh, I found it. Well, you, yeah, it was yes, pretty nice. It was because you started cool. off as yeah, a I musician, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Do you still? Well, I got I got some real good early uh, uh, spiritual uh, training. I, I, it was a religious camp that I went to uh, for for poor kids. You know, they uh, they went out the the missionaries went out in the country one summer and they found my me and my brother walking down a, a dirt road you know barefoot and uh and they pulled up and they said would you like to go to bible camp 
And I said, yes, immediately, you know. (laughs) This word camp sounded good. I've always loved to travel. You know, I've been traveling all my life uh, since I was a baby. Mm -hmm. And it's in the blood, you know, Mm -hmm. so. Well, a, a trip, yeah, I'm I'm in, and uh, I went to Bible camp for a couple of weeks with my brother, and uh, and that really took, you know, I was at that that perfect age where it uh, it just resonated, everything resonated, and plus, it, you know, I feel it was ordained, you know, I was chosen. Okay. Do yeah. do you find yourself? <laughs> You st- you find yourself to still be uh, following the Bible a little bit, or or uh, have you uh, gotten away from it? <laughs> like, oh no, 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 the opposite, the opposite. I uh, I went on a uh, like a metaphysical search. Uh, okay. Oh, oh, good. Twenty years, I guess. Uh, yeah, it was nineteen, probably around 67. 67. Okay. Uh, no, actually, but more like 60, 65, because I, I dropped acid in 1965. Okay. And, and that sort of put me on the path. Is that how you, you is know? that how you benchmark it? I, I'm curious as to how being 83 years old, you can say it was 65. Like, I can't remember what I did last week. <laughs> 65, you know, like, well, holy you know, crap. I've been doing so many interviews and, you know, people always asking the questions. And the thing is with me, I, I, uh, I do have a really, really vivid memory because uh, there was nothing ordinary, ordinary about my life ever. And, and so I can remember every, every little part. I can even remember uh, being in a crib and my dad was in the army and he brought his uh, drunken friends home, and they were leaning over the, to see the baby, and one <laughs> of them dropped a, a ash of a cigar, and, and it and it landed on me, and I started really? screaming. And, <laughs> oh my and, and my mother told me about what happened because my mother, you know, she grabbed me right away and and, and brushed it off. But I, I remember, I I can literally physically remember that that time well, it was probably and I remember, traumatic. yeah yeah i remember another time when uh when uh, we were playing with crayons you know we're little guys and and uh and i copied a kotex box you know perfect i wrote the, <laughs> the word perfect and and that created an uproar in the house you know yeah and and that's i i think that was my first bit of entertaining <laughs> because <laughs> because I got a lot of attention for that one, you know. And then they, they said, you know, because I, I, the 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 letter Kotex was written so nice, and yeah. I just copied it just <laughs> faithfully. Yeah, I I, I got a, I got a really good memory, uh, and uh, because I don't, like I said, I I think you know my life was kind of uh, special, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I, I my, and my mother told me that too. She had TB, and so I didn't see her. After that incident, uh, I, she w- ended up in the sanitarium wow. for five years. Mm-hmm. For five years, and so uh, I was, and I ended up in a hospital uh, with pleurisy, a little spot because we all got checked when my mother got TB. We all got checked, and they found this little spot on my lung, and so they put me in the hospital mm-hmm. uh, when I was like 
three, I guess, two or three, mm-hmm. uh, around that. And, and anyway, uh, and then I went right from the hospital to the Salvation Army home, which was uh, like an orphanage, because sure. my dad, my dad was a single parent, and he was recovering from some war issues, you know, that he had during the Second World War. And so the family ended up in the Salvation Army home, and wow. we made headlines too, because we we're mixed kids, you know, or mixed mm-hmm. uh, half half Chinese, and mm-hmm. uh, my uh, <laughs> little sister. They they showed her she they were ba- bathing her in a tub and 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 they they showed the picture of of this happy little little brown girl oh, being wow uh, yeah so so we've I've always sort of been in and out of the spotlight so you got the bug life. early and then yeah and yeah. Then you jumped into yeah. the band you got into the band man yeah you, well I started playing music uh, I found out I was musical I guess. Eight, around eight, seven, eight years old, yeah. and uh, I could play the guitar good enough for a fiddle player that lived across the field from me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then I started playing house parties oh, at, at an er- early age for dancing. Yeah, and, oh. and, you know, and that that gave me that 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 solid base of uh, rhythm guitar, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that's that was my uh, beginning. And plus, we were poor because we lived in the country, and there was no entertainment, you know. Yeah. Period. I yeah. mean, we're, we had a radio. That's all we had. And in our first house, we we had no uh, indoor plumbing or indoor lights. You know, it was a it was a shack basically. And uh, damn, a few years few, few years of that upbringing, and then all we had was music. You know, all I had was my guitar. It was my mother's guitar, by the way. I still oh, got that's it. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's it's right behind me. Wow, nice. Hang, hanging up. Yeah, well, I had to redo it. You know, it was one of those kind with a hula girl on it. Okay. From Sears. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. So, so in in uh, you know, fast forward. Now you're 83. What what do you think? And I'm just totally jumping off topic here. But what do you think? Spend the the craziest thing that you've seen i mean you know i'm looking at 50 and and you know there's been a few weird things i've seen but 83 you've probably crossed a few you know like like major <laughs> you know from from travel to to uh but it stuck out yeah you know like like just uh the way technology and the way that the world has evolved over 83 oh, years. Yeah, oh, for sure. What do you, what mean, do you, what I, do you think I, is the biggest? It's my life. It's, it, it was a total of my, 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 uh, my entire life, mm-hmm. uh, you know, was when I was born, they started the uh, prohibition of marijuana, 1938. Okay. That was the year that I was born. And so I feel like I was put here to uh, <laughs> yep. get weed legal. Yep. <laughs> well, that was my next question. That's right. So That's right. We'll we'll come back to that. But so so in eighty three years, what what's the biggest thing like? Oh my gosh! You know when we went to you know like now cars are starting to drive themselves and shit. Like what 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 along the way has been quite a a, a big uh, surprise for you? Like, well, not so much a surprise uh, back. In eighty, uh, I guess eighty. I love Chicha how you bring the dates. Around 80, 84, 84, 1984. and uh, I got interested in uh, uh, electric cars. Uh, 
Okay. Uh, uh, there was a guy, an actor here that had an electric car. And uh, that's early, and though. So, yeah, yeah, somewhere around there, and, and electric bikes. I, I made an electric bike. I guess it was 80, let's see, 84, 85, 80, probably about 88, 89. I, I uh, made an electric bike. Well, at least I had a friend of mine that uh, whose dad was uh, like an engineer. And we put an old car battery on a three-wheel bike, and <laughs> we had an electric bike. And uh, so I was ahead of the curve there. And, uh, you know, uh, I guess the, 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 one of the biggest things that we got was a telephone. Because when we lived in the country, we had to, if we wanted to use the phone, we had to go down to the corner store and, uh, and uh, ask. And now you have one in your pocket. Use. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that was a huge thing. Because I, I can, you know, the old Seinfeld shows where he had that, that big old uh, landlines and then he had a car phone. Yeah, with the bag. Yeah, I, I, got a, I had a car phone with my, my BMW. <laughs> Did you? Uh... I almost had, a, almost had a horrendous accident because I was on the car phone and I'm going down the Santa Monica freeway. And all of a sudden, I missed the sign where it says uh, construction starts here. <laughs> Oops. The road ends and the construction starts. And next thing I know, I'm halfway into a construction area with me on the phone. <laughs> so I, I never used the phone after that. <laughs> Early on. So, now, so, yeah. so, so then, you, so after the band and everything, you get into... Uh, you meet up with with uh, Cheech, and uh, how did that all come together? You guys are from the same area, or what? Oh no, 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 not at all. Again, very serendipity. I was with Motown. Uh, we got first of all. I had a. I we, we I've always had a. Band. I was always in a band. Like uh, we we had the first rhythm and blues band in Western Canada in Calgary. And we were so good that we got run out of town by the mayor. <laughs> <laughs> literally, literally. Uh, I, you know, I, I always had a social conscience. And so I started a teen club uh, in Calgary. And uh, and that was like a stroke of genius in one way because we got the, uh, the Legion Hall uh, in uh, Calgary, a beautiful dance hall in we got it Friday and Saturday, and boy, we packed that place. I mean, you can believe it. And the mission was to get in with like a buck and a quarter, something like that. <laughs> and we and we made a ton of money, and oh, we were having such good times. The only problem is that we had to quit it because of the liquor laws. Uh, you know, even though they didn't serve liquor where we were, uh, you had to stop the entertainment at midnight uh, on Saturday. And so uh, we would have all these uh, rock and roll crazies <laughs> with nothing to do after midnight <laughs> in Calgary. <laughs> and so they would go terrorize the city. And so when the, when the mayor asked us to come to his, uh, uh, for a meeting at his office, I thought we were going to get some kind of a plaque or a board <laughs> or something. <laughs> some kind Instead, of special liquor license. We, got, we, we were told to get out of town. 
<laughs> during the Christmas, this is the thing. Get out of town during the Christmas holidays. You guys got to shut down and get out of town. And, uh, and, and of course, the, uh, the band, you know, we're all ready to travel anyway. And so we, we picked, uh, we just headed for Vancouver. And that was the first time away from home. And, uh, you know, having a hot band, I mean, it was, it was heaven. Anyway, I, we ended up staying in Vancouver. The band broke up and reformed and broke up a few times. And, and uh, but anyway, we kept playing. And, and next thing you know, uh, we got offered, uh, we still, no, we started a nightclub. Uh, there was an empty dance hall, a theater. A, th- a converted movie theater into a dance hall. It was empty, and so we <laughs> checked it out, and uh, we got, we got the owner to give us a, a a try. You know, we had to rent it, but uh, and then and then to open the dance hall, we hired Ike and Tina Turner. Wow! The the, the Ike and Tina Turner review, <laughs> and, and we got a we got them on a Tuesday night for seven hundred and fifty dollars. The whole when was that i guess i and tina and we packed that place and again (laughs) we were too we were too successful (laughs) the city closed us down (laughs) the day the next week really uh, because we were too successful is this a different place or is this the same one no no this is vancouver now damn we got run out of cal we never went back to cal the hell with calgary we were having too much fun in Vancouver. Vancouver was wide open. What you was know, Vancouver's was really... reason for shutting you down? What was their reason? Yeah. Uh, which one? The first Vancouver. one? <laughs> well, Vancouver shut us down because the, 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 we attracted the rock and roll crowd. And their problem is we never had a liquor license. And, uh, <laughs> and so they did all their drinking in their cars. And then their beer bottles and bottles and, and all the line. it was like a very sort of like a kind of an upscale neighborhood you know and next thing you know we got these rock and roll hordes <laughs> dropping beer bottles all over the lawns and everything else and and so they went to the city and of course you know the the city again called us and <laughs> this time i didn't go uh, the my partner who was black and and he wore a beautiful yellow suit and nice. that's the only thing that the paper mentioned <laughs> in the article. <laughs> and this this black man with a yellow suit, <laughs> and uh, and they closed us down. They shut us down. Well, they they gave us an option. They they said we can't close you down, but we would advise that you did. Ooh. And so then we found another uh, uh, venue, and and we were we were we weren't too smart. You know, we we had no idea that location, location, location. Mm-hmm. You know. And the, well, the thing is about this upscale neighborhood, that was one of the reasons that was so popular. You know, and then we got this other venue in Chinatown, which was not very popular. <laughs> so we, 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 we operated there for a while. And then uh, we ran, you know, we, we couldn't make it. So then we went back on the road. And then eventually, uh, because the band was so good, this guy that bought a building had a steakhouse in the basement. And so he offered it to us free, rent free, uh, to uh, put a nightclub in. And we did. And it was the most successful club that we had. Wow. It was an, uh, it was an after-hours bottle club. 
and then we got the best uh, musicians and, and, and one of the greatest singers ever. And uh, we be, became the, the place to go to. People would drive up from Seattle. Wow. People like, Jim, people like Jimi Hendrix would come up and, and just sit in the audience. And, uh, Who is, and, and we, we became so <clears throat> popular. We got known all over the States, you know, for, for the music. And so eventually the Supremes uh, were, played Vancouver, and they came down, and Diana Ross saw the, uh, saw the group. Wow. Heard the singer and called Barry Gordy. Barry Gordy flew to Vancouver, actually to be with Diane. But he he flew there and Side checked note. out her, and, and signed mm-hmm. us, signed wow. us right away, and then forgot about us. <laughs> signed us <laughs> and forgot about us. And so then we 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 actually played our way from uh, Vancouver to uh, to uh, Detroit. We went from uh, Vancouver to Seattle, did a, a beautiful gig there, packed them in. Then we went to L.A. and played at a club called Maverick Flats. And we came more, we had the Fifth Dimension and Chaka Khan and all the all the people that heard about us. Damn. And so they, they, they were all in the audience. Was this like early 80s? Uh, 60, 67. Wow. 1966, 67. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and then we finally made it to, uh, Detroit and, but, but without the, the song or the music, the musician, uh, that wrote the songs, mm-hmm. you know, we just, we showed up there with just the band and, and the Barry Gordy said, well, where's the guy that uh, writes all the music? And we said, well, so we sent for him. And then he, uh, Tom Baird was his name. He uh, he saw uh, uh, my book of poems, uh, and and he, he had, we I don't know he was over the house. He he he, look, he looking through my poetry and and he found a poem that he really liked, and he asked me if he could uh, put it to music, and I said sure. And so it became our one hit that does your mama know about me? <laughs> it's a story story about story about a, a racial. Uh, interracial uh thing and and it changed motown because when they heard that song and bobby doing it bobby taylor <laughs> diana ross recorded it she loved it so much wow J- jermaine jackson recorded it a bunch of stars recorded it. but what it did it changed the tenure the mood at motown then they went into uh, papa was a rolling stone and love child and all that all that uh wow. socially uh uh, responsible music, so so we we had quite a thing, and then uh, I got fired from Motown. <laughs> How do you get fired from Motown? Yeah, well, uh, we were Canadians, you see, and so uh, we were living in Detroit, and the Canadian, you know, we, we had no thought about immigration, and right. so the half the band were Canadian. So uh, Christmas time, a lot of them went home to uh to toronto where they lived and they uh then getting back they told the truth you know what are you doing in detroit and oh we're working for motown and you know we're recording an album well do you have your uh your Your green card (laughs) your green card and all that we said they said no and so then immigration come knocking on our doors and said you have to get out of town you have to go back to canada so i went back to canada then i told Barry Gordy and, and Barry Gordy says, well, we'll have to get your green card. 
but he didn't tell the 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 the, the guy that was uh, handling Chris Clark, who I, I ended up playing. I was supposed to be playing a backup for her, and so I had to tell Johnny Bristol, the road manager, that I had to leave the gig to get my green card, and he didn't know what a green card was, <laughs> and so he told. He's told me, if you leave, you're going to get fired. You're going to be fired. He, he said, don't bother coming back. But I had to come back because I had all my instruments, and and, and I had my then-girlfriend and our baby in, in the motel. <laughs> so I had to come back. And uh, and when I got back, they fired, he, he actually fired me. I didn't think I'd get fired, but he actually fired me. And so I, I took wow. my girlfriend and, uh, and the baby and – and uh, and then I uh, ended up uh, quitting Motown because Barry Gordy called me up a couple of days later and said, oh, you're not fired. You know, it was a mistake. And I told Barry, I said, no, nah, I think I want to be fired. You know, I want to I want to become a Barry Gordy. I don't want to work for one. Hey. And so next. And so he said, I, I respect that. And he gave me a nice severance pay. And so then uh, I packed up uh, my girlfriend and our, our, our baby, our love child, and I headed for Los Angeles uh, for the beach. I headed for the beach, Venice nice. Beach. Nice. Because my, 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 my dream was to work out at Gold's Gym because I was a bodybuilder at the time. And I wanted to go there and, and just lay on the beach, write songs, and uh, and have a nice life, and which I ended up doing, by the way. <laughs> the American dream. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and that's yeah. where you met Cheech then, or what? No, no. And then, well, we had the nightclubs. We had the after hours nightclub was going. And I, I had a wife and, and two children. You know, my, you know, like I was a real musician. I had two families. And so, <laughs> uh, but my, 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 and it was a black lady, you know, Maxine, very beautiful lady that, that really helped me through my career because she was the one that had the steady job, you know? <laughs> and so, uh, so they ended up in Los Angeles. Her brother was uh, the drummer of the Three Dog Night. Oh wow! And so, so uh, Floyd was already settled here. So Maxine decided that she wanted. She was going to get. She got comfortable in Detroit, but Detroit was a little bit too rough. And so we ended up uh, moving the family to uh, Los Angeles, and that's where Robbie and Ray Don, my daughters, older daughters. Uh, grew up and, and ended up. I ended up going back to uh, Vancouver to get the clubs uh, happening again. And that's when I was offered another club, which was uh, a strip club. Hey. Uh, and uh, and I actually, I, no, I had the strip club going at that time. How many did clubs I? did you have? Yeah, yeah, I had the strip. We had a strip club and an after-hours club. And and then I started because I had I never had a band I had nothing to do so I started working the lights at the <laughs> strip club you know and watching the show and so then I decided that you know because I was a big improvisational acting fan mm-hmm. and I thought well I can change the strip club into a improvisational club and and keep the girls you know doing doing their naughty little <laughs> dances and that but in in the form of a of a of a improvisational acting wow thing, which which was a genius move except no we packed the place we literally packed the place i had a uh, the the original mc quit because it, it was too much work for him you know uh, and so 
uh, I asked the doorman to become, you know, the MC, and he said, I'll do it if you do it. And it was a challenge. And so I ended up on stage, and I'm... I'm so you're doing I'm, improv with <clears throat> strippers behind you? No, no, not behind it. Part of the show. Oh. They, uh, they were, they were, they were the girls. They became instead of strippers, they became real people. Wendy, <laughs> Wendy, and and uh, and uh, Maureen. Was the shtick, or you were just going Michelle. with Michelle? What's that? You weren't writing any shtick. It was just go with it and see what happens. Oh no, 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 no. We 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 would do it the whole improv thing. We would do a show, and then we would take uh, suggestions from the audience, and then they, they, then the audience would leave. And they'd give us suggestions. <laughs> they would leave. A new audience would come in. But now we had uh, we had that uh, you know creative thing going. Yeah, yeah. You know, it wasn't just do one show. We had to do two shows uh, a night, and uh, and they would be two new shows and then when the when when we found bits that really worked then we would repeat them and then <laughs> we would create the other ones and and the girls were phenomenal actresses and they were we could have we could have kept going except we changed the audience <laughs> now we went from 20 drunk bikers that would throw money at anything right to to 300 theater goers that would sip their wine and count their change yeah <laughs> you know? yeah wow and, and it was maddening it was maddening <laughs> my brother because we're packing the place look like we're successful we got write-ups in the paper and and that's where we met cheech by the way uh, okay. because we had a straight man we had a straight man who's whose wife did not know what he was doing. She did not know he was working with strippers. She thought he was doing legitimate theater and some community theater. And then then he hit the front page wow. <laughs> with, with, with titties on either side of him. <laughs> and, and his wife, well, she, that was the end of his career with us. And so we needed a straight man. And so this mutual friend, this Russian, by the way, Ihor Tordnik, said, uh, I got this guy working for me. He owned a, what do you call it, a, like a hippie newspaper, you know, and Cheech was writing for, for the guy at the time. And so he suggested Cheech, and I met Cheech, and we both looked at each other. We, neither one of us knew what the other guy was, you know, because <laughs> yeah. Cheech wasn't admitting to anybody that he was Mexican. You know, he was... <laughs> No one, no one knew what he was Mexican, and me, you know, I just looked like a Mongol, uh, some kind of uh, Mongol, uh, you know, long-haired biker hi hippie, and uh, so th that's when Cheech and I met. And Cheech, he was a straight man; he was kind of quiet, and he'd just watch, but he had learned everything really fast. And then, and he was also a singer originally, uh, a vocalist, and and so. Uh, and I played guitar, and so when when the group finally had to disband because we were losing money, uh, Cheech and I stayed together, and we formed a band, and then we entered the uh, 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 Battle of the Bands contest, and uh, we never played one note. <laughs> we went out, <laughs> we we went out and did forty five minutes of comedy, and and that was the beginning of Cheech and Chong. That was wow. before we had a name. And we're driving home in my dad's uh, uh, Dodge uh, uh, Rambler, and uh, the windshield wipers weren't working. And so it was raining, as it always does in Vancouver. 
And so we're taking turns working the windshield wipers while I drove. <laughs> and, uh, and, and we're trying to think of a name because we said we, we killed. It was so good. And we won the Battle of the Bands, by the way. Oh, really? <laughs> the audience loved us that much. <laughs> and, and, and so we knew. We knew we had something. And so we had to come up with a name. And, and, and finally, I asked Cheech, do you have a nickname? And he said, yeah, Cheech. And that was the first time that uh, I, I, we really – I had a, any kind of inkling that he was Mexican. Oh. In fact, we did we, I didn't know until we had to cross the border. And even then, uh, Cheech uh, used a phony ID. It was so easy. <laughs> yeah, he used a phony ID, a white guy's ID. And, <laughs> nice. And, and he just walked into, into America like that. And and then we struggled for a couple of years, and we went actually lived at my my now ex wife's uh, house. Okay. You know, we were still together, but uh, but as soon as I became a comedian, that was the end of it. <laughs> as long as I was a musician, she could put up with everything. But the minute I became a comedian, it was like get your sick, sorry ass out of here! Wow. <laughs> and, and so, and my, and my and my girlfriend, now wife Shelby, she was working at the club when I was uh, doing the improv, mm-hmm. and, and, and she's making a ton of money. She made more money than than the bar because <laughs> she she was a sexy little thing and she wore the sexy little dresses mm-hmm. and then she and she was the first one there and she was she she had so many tables and she oh she just raked it in and she would count the money in front of my dad who was a bartender. <laughs> Robinson <laughs> my knows dad, it. you know, he's, he's so Chinese and and you know that cash. <laughs> look at that that he's not going to get. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I was going to bring that up. She, your 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 wife is uh, smoking. Yeah, smoking hot. I, I, <laughs> your wife is super smoking, fucking hot. <laughs> yeah, she is. She, she is. is. And can you imagine back then? She she looked so young. She she <clears throat> couldn't get a job in the states. You know, she looks because young she now. just looked too young. I was shocked and, to and, see she's seventy three. So I gave. So she was working for in the clubs. That's what, that was her 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 first and probably only job other than babysitting uh, until she started working on the uh, on the road with me as a comedian oh no we've been together I, I've known her since she was uh, I, I think 16 years old wow uh, yeah I, she was a friend she was just that's why we're still together you, you don't break up with friends right <laughs> True. you know there you go and, 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 and we were we were friends and then we took acid together and and uh, and and then we we made love for the first time, her first time, mm-hmm. and and guess what? She got pregnant. Oh wow! <laughs> On the ass and too. So we, and so we had to make that choice. You know, uh, it was so easy to lose the baby, but neither one of us wanted that. And uh, and so she was going to have the baby. And she, so she had the baby, and so she was on the road with me, pregnant, mm-hmm. when I was uh, doing the Motown thing. And and uh, and she never bought any maternity clothes. She just let out the back of her the dresses that she had. <laughs> wow. And when she, after she had the baby, she could wear the clothes again. She is a phenomenon. There's something. I mean, it's, it blows everybody's mind. You know that she is so beautiful, and 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 she works at it. You know, it's not. 
you know, just mm-hmm. God given. I mean, mm-hmm. she does like three or four dance classes and ballet and ballroom and uh, and and yoga mm-hmm. and, uh, and she eats like a little bird and, <laughs> well i noticed like, i've seen video of you guys online you guys make sense when you see you together you make sense together you don't get that with a yeah. lot of couples you you it's just like you see them like oh they're supposed to be together you guys yes. just really make sense you really, really it's do. always it, it's always <clears throat> been that way mm-hmm. i mean she she uh you know, I mean, she she she's like a Lucy, mm-hmm. or 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 Marilyn Monroe. Mm-hmm. She's got that quality. Like she's so, I mean, so, so artistic. She she paints. She's a, such a, a oil painter. I mean, she she uh, she's bilingual. She she learns French. When we were we were in L.A., she was going to UCLA and learning French. Oh, wow. uh, you know, wow. I'm from Canada and I still, and I lived in Paris. <laughs> yeah. We lived in Paris. I still did learn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time with English. <laughs> Who's the contractor that's called in to fix the less experienced contractor's mistakes? Who's the contractor who gets approval from the insurance company even after the homeowner has been denied? Who's the contractor that has worked in our community and for our community for decades? Grady Restoration. Roofing, siding, windows, and gutters. Call us today for a free home estimate. Grady Restoration. They'll get the job done in a timely fashion. The average roof lasts about 20 years, but you may have storm damage that you can't see, or you may need more repairs than your insurance says they'll pay for. In fact, 92% of homeowners accept what the insurance company tells them, which could cause much bigger problems down the line. Let Grady Restoration help you. Get what you deserve. Call today for a free home inspection. For roofing, siding, windows, and gutters. Call Grady Restoration at 952-472-1570 or look them up on the web at gradyrestoration.com. Welcome back. To the DK Project. Project. I do have a question, though. When's the last time that you dropped acid? When's it's how many has it been? Years recently? Oh, it's it's been in London. Almost, <laughs> almost fifty years. Almost fifty. Um, um, oh. Well, I'll tell you. I, I can tell you exactly. It was probably about forty, about forty-seven years ago. Yeah, we were in in Boulder, <laughs> Colorado. No, in uh, yeah Aspen. Okay. Aspen was it Aspen? Yeah, it was Aspen. We're at, we're in Aspen and. Uh, no, Denver. Okay. It was it was Denver. We were in Denver, and uh, and the that's when acid was everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the guy, he's he's I got this window pane for you. He met us at the airport and picked us up. I got this window pane, and so my wife, uh, now wife, uh, girlfriend, uh, she, yeah, she was still girlfriend then. She, uh, her and her sister were doing tiny, tiny little bits of acid. Mm-hmm. to get high to get mm-hmm. high and uh and so so we we both did a little dab of uh this uh what's that blue window paint window okay. paint <laughs> and uh, and then i wanted to go to a disney movie you know to see, see cartoons <laughs> you know to see see yeah. cartoons and, yep. and, and have a nice trip you know so we looked in the paper and we found this uh thumbelina Oh, the movie Thumbelina. That's perfect. And so we took our little three-year-old daughter, 
precious at the time. So we <laughs> she was what, so we so we go to the theater, and it's in the ghetto. The theater's in the ghetto, and and so we got we get in there, and 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 there's all these little black kids running around, and then Thumbelina. It's a story about a a, a a woman that marries a rat. Mm-hmm. And is and it's not a cartoon. It's not animation. It's a live thing, and and we're on acid. And and this woman's going to marry this rat. And both both Shelby both Shelby and I were going. Oh, we don't like this. Now my little daughter, she's digging the hell out of it. And so and these little kids were running up and down the the theater, and it felt like they were little rats running. <laughs> And, and so I, I freaked out. I, I got to get out of here. I got to get in here. My wife, Shelby, she said, yeah, yeah, let's go. And my daughter, no, I want to. <laughs> so we go out the back door of the theater. Now we're, we're in a strange town and it snowed. Now we're in the back door and, and, and there's snow on the ground and there's not, nothing around there. And so we walk around the corner and we see a service station, you know, next by the theater so we'll get over to the service station and we're both tripping like crazy <laughs> <laughs> and we go to the the thing and i says uh can can you uh, call us a cab <laughs> and, and the guy hands me the phone i says uh can, can, can you, you just... <laughs> can you do it for us <laughs> <laughs> And both Shelby and I were kind of clinging to each other, you know, just tripping as, as big as we could. And and my little daughter, she's still pissed because she wanted mm-hmm. to see the movie. <laughs> she, oh. she never forgave us for that. So we, we, we finally got the cab. And luckily, you know, I had a, I, I remembered where we lived, you know, in the <laughs> hotel we were in. So we finally made it back. That was the last acid trip that I I took. The phone part makes me laugh because I... I've done acid like a handful of times, but the last time I really did it, I tripped the hardest I ever tripped. And my friend just left out of nowhere. And my friend Tina was like, call, call supposed to where he's at. And I was like, looking at the phone, turning around. I'm like, I don't know how to use this. And I'm like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, I was like, I don't know how to use the phone anymore. And I was like, I just like I gave her my phone, I'm like take the phone. And then I, the rest of the night, it's pretty much that silent. But no, it just made me think. Cause I was like, I don't even know how to use the phone. Cause I'm tripping so hard right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Oh, that was crazy. It was so because it came on so much. Yep. And I, I don't know why we did it did the whole thing, you know, because mm-hmm. before my, my, my Shelby would only do a tiny, tiny little bit, just mm-hmm. enough to get a little buzz, you know. Yeah. Uh, but that's the way she eats anyway, you know. Yeah. She'll <laughs> eat, eat a little bit of this, a little bit of that, and then mm-hmm. leaves it. You know, you you uh, it was amazing. You have a, a lot of your family involved in your now current business and whatnot, right? Like, uh, like, how is that? How is that working with family and and everything you got going on? I've always done that. Yeah, that's been my that's been my thing. It was actually a, a, a sore point with with Cheech and I, you know, because uh, I, I wanted to put my wife in the movie right up right away, you know, but Cheech is old school. <laughs> and he didn't want his family anywhere near, you know, what we were doing, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know. And so I ended up when I when I finally got the rent, you know, like I, I I wrote Up in Smoke and and directed a lot of Up in Smoke, uh, but uh, Lou Adler, you know, 
he was the uh, one on the record, you know, and so so he he was uh, the the record, you know, the director of uh, on record, and, and he and he added quite a bit too up in smoke, but I, I did most of it, and then and so when I got a chance to direct my own movie, you know, all the rest of them, you know, like next movie, nice dreams, things are tough all over, and all them, I. Um, that's when I, I I put Ricky Teach's wife in, in in the first movie, next movie. Okay. And then I put my wife, a little bit part in, uh, uh, Nice Dreams, and but then when I when I did Things Are Tough All Over, that's when I put Ricky and Shelby both in 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 the movie. They were the princesses, you know, the 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 fufus. Mm-hmm. The French girls. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I really, and then I, I got a movie in the basement right now called uh, Best Buds, uh, where it's unfinished. I, I had a director. <laughs> I, I made all the stupid mistakes, you know. When you do anything, hire the best. <laughs> you know, don't don't go for the for the bargain. You know, so I I, I was shooting this documentary, this docu kind of movie. It's a movie, you know, in uh, Vancouver, uh, document with a documentary filmmaker, and uh, and I got halfway through the movie, and then I wanted to bring it up to to uh, L.A. or down to L.A. to uh, finish it. And uh, he he kind of stole the movie. He wouldn't let me do it because I wasn't going to use him. And oh. so he just he just grabbed it. And and we went through all the court thing. And I had a and finally when I got it. When you lose that momentum, uh, and it's sitting in my basement now, I had to spend money to get it back. Uh, you know, with the lawyers and that. But I mean that that that's everybody. Uh, every movie maker has that. Is that story, that Cheech, you know? is, Was that a Cheech and Chong documentary? No, no, no. Uh, Cheech and I broke up when uh, when he did uh, uh, Born in East L.A. Born in East L.A., you know? yeah, okay. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's when we broke up. In fact, we just finished doing a documentary uh, just lately. Uh, we're in the desert. Uh, my, my other daughter, uh, Robbie, and her guy, Dave, Dave Bushnell, he's uh, he's doing a documentary on Cheech and Chong. Oh, okay. And it's, and it's like the last one. And then we were in the desert finishing that movie up. Gotcha. But uh, but Cheech and I, we had to kind of re- rehash the old the old fights why we broke up and that. I learned quite a bit. I learned quite a bit about how Cheech felt. I never knew how Cheech felt about mm-hmm. it, and uh, and and I did. It was you know he was looking for that 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 uh, conflict you know that every movie should have. But uh, so, but yeah, I, yeah, you're right. I use all my family. My my son is my manager, uh, and he's the one that came up with the bong company that I ended up going to jail for, and and it's we're we're back the doing paraf- bongs again. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That was you, you, so you got in trouble for sending paraphernalia through the mail. Is that what it was? Technically, it, technically, it was uh, no. What happened? Uh, the DEA tried to entrap us you know and and they tried to get us to send it through the mail and we wouldn't do it because we knew it was uh, illegal and so they showed up at the at the place in person and i'm quite sure they had an underground uh undercover agent in in the in the shop because somehow 
their shipment got sent to the DEA office in in uh, Beaver Falls, uh, Pennsylvania, and that was the, the base. That's when we broke the law, and that's when they came after me. Now they still. I was still innocent because technically, I, I, I other than my name, I, I never, uh, well, I wasn't on there. But my son was, and my wife Shelby was uh, uh, signed a check to start the bomb company, and so technically, they could go after my wife and my my son. And so they said, if I if I plead guilty, uh, that I would probably get house arrest, and uh, and and they'd be done with it. You know, mm-hmm. so I pled guilty and they gave me nine months in jail. Oh. And, uh, How was yeah. that? Now, I read somewhere that you had Jordan Belfer as your as your bunkmate in the old uh, yeah. big house. Yep. How I was sure that? Did. The stories had to be incredible. Uh, well, between the two of you, uh, you could go all well nine months. Well, what ha- well uh, yeah, I was in there. I guess I was in there about a month or two. Then Jordan came in. And uh, at first, you know, uh, we we were cordial, you know, but he he was a different kind of guy, you know. And I, I had other friends in 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 the I had the hierarchy, you know. We we were at the top uh, of the jail. We had our own private dining room. We had our own uh, home home oh, so cooked meals every every day. So the posh treatment day. for the uh, celebrities wow. is true then. <laughs> we, oh yeah, we had that. Well, what happens in prisons? The 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 intelligent ones rise to the top, you know, okay. and they're they're the ones that are running the prison. Gotcha. You know, yeah. Because, because yeah. the ones the, the guards and that they're they're really not that equipped. You know, they're the the guards for the most part are ex uh, uh, National Guard people or or you know guys that couldn't get a job at Burger King, you know, or or, or older ladies that. Uh, might as well work, you know, as a jail guard, you know, pays good and you don't have to do anything. And, and so they, they, they use the intelligent prisoners. They put them right in the office. And the whole, all, all prisons are run by inmates, you know. If you saw Shawshank Redemption, that, that's the way it is. Wow. And, wow. and, and so when, when we were uh, – and, and so we had uh, – uh, he's a golf caddy now. He's a caddy for uh, Harris English. Harris almost won the uh, last tournament. Yeah. Wow! And, and he's on he's on the PGA circuit now. Eric Larson. Now Eric would had been in jail uh, ten years before I got there, and uh, and so he had it all figured out. You know, we had a in for the commissary. Uh, we had you know like we never ate in the in the mess hall. I, I ate in the mess hall only the dining room. They call. It. Only because I wanted that experience, I didn't have to. <laughs> but I, I, I yeah. but you know, can you imagine going to a prison and you never mm-hmm. ate in the mess hall? Yeah, <laughs> so right. Oh, it's it's, it's pretty yeah. it's it's pretty cold blooded because you're allowed like 15, 20 minutes to eat. Wow. And then you got to then you get the hell out of there. It's not a social thing at all. Wow. <laughs> and, and when you leave, you knock, jail. you knock on the table. Yeah, when you leave, you knock on the table like do do. It's like a, a custom. They it's had some. Yeah. What, what does that yeah. mean? Mm. Like what? What, is, yeah. what are you signaling? It's like uh, I'm out of here. Thank you. So I don't know what it is, but everybody knows. And you know the, what they mostly did with the food? They took it to the field and fed the, the ground squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. <laughs> the food was so the food really was so bad. It was inedible. You couldn't eat it. And 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 so Eric, uh, by the way, uh, he created a garden. He had a, a big, big he's a Wisconsin farm boy. And so he had this phenomenal garden growing and uh, which it was, the food would go to the food bank in, in Bakersfield. But we were allowed to take whatever food we wanted for our for our meal. Nice. You know, Eric, wow. Eric was allowed it. And 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 it was in the, in the garden was big enough that you could kind of disappear in there. And so as soon as I met Eric, I would I'd go hang out at the garden. Except mm. one day I missed the two o'clock count. In fact, it was the first day that I was in the garden. I missed it because no one told me about the two o'clock count. Mm-hmm. And so I missed it. And so when you do the two o'clock count, you're not there. Then the alarm goes out. Where the hell is this guy? You know, yeah. he could be a runaway. Yeah, he could be uh, be running. And so I'm out in the garden, and this I see this CO coming up across there, and he's looking kind of angry. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and he's Charles. Yes, sir. What are you doing here? Uh, working in the garden. <laughs> he said, "Do you know what time it is?" I said, uh, "No." <laughs> He says, it's 2 o'clock. You're supposed to be beside your bunk at 2. No. Get back, you know. Get over there, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I went over there, and they told me, and you're not allowed in the garden, and blah. You know, they went through that whole thing. So I had to stay out of the garden for a couple of weeks, and then good old Eric, you know, he figured out a way. I could take a class, a botany mm-hmm. class, and, 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 it's, and it's taught in the garden. And so it's the next thing you know, I'm down there. But I didn't have to work because I was older. You know, I was in my uh, late 60s. And mm-hmm. so they said, uh, and so, but they give me a job sweeping, sweeping the sidewalks. In, in <laughs> okay. there. And I got into it. I love sweeping, you know. I, 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 I love cleaning stuff, you know. I, I really got into it. Most, most prisoners, they didn't sweep. They yeah. would just take the broom, put it beside the pool room, and go play pool and then come back and you know they wouldn't do any work they had this rebel kind of thing i was the opposite you give me a job i'll do it the best i can and i'll think of ways to do it i was looking for stuff to sweep and you know i was getting in between cracks in the in the cement (laughs) so what were you in there like nine months i was in there nine months yeah and 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 you're probably the only person who's had a good time while they were there or what There was a few. There what, was else, a few of us. what else were in you fact, growing in the garden, what the, Tommy? What, what, what's that? What else were you growing in the garden is what I want to know. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, you couldn't, you know, pot. They tried to, to bust me for a pot. In prison you know, they or had, in jail? They had, well, yeah, they had snitches. See, every prison has yeah. Uh, yeah. a bundle of snitches listen to Kristen. And, yeah, yeah 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 like, yeah. like <laughs> i watched you know. a lot of that tv show locked up because i was like i'm fascinated by that world so that's why i'm like yeah there's snitches in prison <laughs> no no the, the snitches uh, if you if you snitch on somebody you get time knocked off your sentence oh, oh yeah yeah but then you're a rat that's why they do it that's why they do it they yeah. don't do it uh, you know they don't do it out of love of the cops you know yeah and so so these snitches would have joints that i guess the the prison gave them these marijuana cigarettes because they wanted to catch me smoking and uh and but i had a dog with me uh, a dog is your best 
friend that you, <laughs> that you travel around the prison with, you know? Yeah. And it was really funny how I got my dog. I got to tell you this. It's funny. I was studying tango before I went into prison. And, and so I would practice my tango walk on the basketball court right at the end of the when <laughs> usually no one was playing there at one end or another and so i practiced my tango walk and it looked like a like some crazy guy doing a, doing some kind of weird walk and and because i was famous i had a big audience and, but I'm, I'm a comedian i'm used to audiences anyway you know in mm-hmm. fact i perform better in front of an audience and so i'm doing my walk and and they were mostly bikers you know and there's mm-hmm. and they were big fans you know a lot of more fans you know and but they were like, like they were the the bikers that were allowed to be in the low uh into the camps they were mm-hmm. non-violent and, and non-violent crimes and stuff like that so they're like real nice Pussycats, kind of nice guys, you know. And so there's one biker. He, he he got real loud. He goes, "Hey, Chong, you don't have to dance alone. Come on, I'll dance with you." Har, 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 har. <laughs> so, so so I didn't miss a beat. I walked right over to him and took him in my arms. <laughs> <laughs> and he got all homophobic. Oh, Jesus! And, and from that day on, he was my dog. He was my, my favorite guy. Yeah, and so, so yeah, big guy. He could mm-hmm. bench press 400 pounds. He had tattoos. He had white white supremacy tattoos on his back. Mm-hmm. And and he was, he was a beautiful Steve Larson. A beautiful guy. Mm-hmm. And, you guys and, stay in uh, touch? <laughs> and been in jail all his life in oh, wow. and out of jail like he just knew and so we're walking the track because that's what you do in prison there's a big running track and every, uh, you just walk that track when you're not uh, reading or in your cell or in your cubicle and so we're walking the track and I, I told Steve I says um, teach me teach me how to do time you know and he said yeah okay okay his first thing games you got to yeah. get into games you got to play a lot of games uh you know and like pool something and i said he said do you play pool i said yeah yeah uh, yeah i can play pool he's come on let's let's go play pool well steve didn't really know you know <laughs> my background i'm a canadian mm-hmm. and canadian the pool tables up there are, are like billiard tables and the balls are smaller and the holes are smaller and mm-hmm. so you got to be really accurate Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you can't play around. You got to know it. And I kind of grew up with pool tables since I was like 15, you know, uh, you know, hanging out in the pool. That's where everybody, all the bad people hung out in the in the pool rooms. And so I could play. Mm-hmm. But I also knew that you never let your opponent know. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you, you don't brag. You you act kind of stupid, you know, so mm-hmm. I so I kind of let go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this looks like fun. <laughs> and so, so Steve's, and he's kind of he's easing up on me a little bit because he's really a good pool player. So we play. I win the first game. I win the first game. <laughs> and the look on his face, he, he just he got real serious. He says, "Okay, rack him up." And I said, "Nope." He said, "What?" Nope. <laughs> I said. My record with you is perfect. It's going to stay that way. <laughs> <laughs> I got him so good because we we made a bet, and the bet was 
push-ups on demand. That's yeah. another thing about prison. You, you don't bet the money. You bet stupid things like push-ups on demand, meaning that I can say to him, Steve, give me two, give me three, give me four. <laughs> we, we bet 20 push-ups. And so we're walking the track that night in Steve's town, complaining to all the bikers because they used to walk with us about how I would play one game with them and I wouldn't play the game. <laughs> I wouldn't play another game with them. And how, what a chicken shit guy you are. And, you know, and he started, and so I said, Steve, give me two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right in front of all the bikers and that. He, he, he give me the, oh, he's a per, I wish I had his own dollars. The look mm-hmm. on his face, mm-hmm. then he went down. He said, let me do them all. I said, nope, give me two. <laughs> I like your style. Those those push-ups, <laughs> they lasted for at least at least a month, maybe longer, <laughs> maybe longer. It was one here, two there. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever we got a, and and then another game he played was was, was checkers. Okay. And and I grew up on the farm. Mm-hmm. We had no television. Mm-hmm. We had no radio. We had a radio, but we had no other entertainment except checkers mm-hmm. <laughs> and my brother and i played checkers until we got until it became advanced checkers yeah. and, so, <laughs> and so so we played checkers i whipped his ass so bad you know just, and, and it was one of those dreams you never dream it would happen but you know where he leaves everything so he jump 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 mm-hmm. jump 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 Oh man! And then, and then he said, "Books. You got to get into books. You got to read a book." And so then I, 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 I got him reading a book. I said, "Have you ever read Moby Dick?" And 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 Steve said, "No." So I had him read Moby Dick. I turned him on to a few, few good books. You guys, and I uh, read some. You guys stay in touch. Books. What's that? You and Steve stay in touch. You know, <laughs> we. I, I, I was trying to talk him into becoming an actor. You know, mm-hmm. because he he, he he was beautiful face. I mean everything. And when he got out, I uh, let's see, I got out. No, we we almost got out the same time. Anyway, he he he, he looked up me up. Now I had uh, a, a, a yard in in a in a machine shop area. I was sharing with a, a, another uh, with the guy that sold sold cars. And so I got Steve a job working for him, uh, Eric, um, uh, Evan, uh, to start off with. And then I was going to get Steve to, you know, to the unions and get him to uh, the extra work and that. But as soon as he got out, he, he got back on heroin because oh. that was that was uh, that was a thing. And yeah. and he, he worked he, he worked one one uh, like two days, two days. Yeah. He went to get a went to get a hamburger, and it's also in the ghetto too. This is in Hawthorne, <laughs> and he went to get a, a hamburger at the hamburger stand, and he's standing in line. All the black people are there, and they're reading his tattoos, <laughs> oh. <laughs> and he's got white power on his back, and. And they said, "This one black lady goes, what does that white power mean?'" Steve says, you know, you know, black power, you know what that means? Yeah. Well, white power. (laughs) 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 And and the conversation, by the way, (laughs) 
Yes. <laughs> but but Steve, he couldn't maintain. He, he's a he's a, you know he's a heroin addict. Yeah. yeah. And then the, then I saw him again when uh, we played in uh, San, uh, San San Diego or or La Jolla. And, and Steve came to the show, and, and it's typical Steve. He shows up with a car. He's got the spare on the car because, <laughs> because, because you know, you know that that the the funny wheel, the little yeah, donut. The, yeah, the donut. <laughs> He's got that, and 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 so I I, I gave him uh, I gave him a, I, I think I gave him five hundred bucks, and 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 that was mm-hmm. the end of it. That you know, Steve knows, mm-hmm. you know that. Because he knew that, uh, you know, how I was about heroin, you know, and, and criminal. And he's, you know, that's his life. That was mm-hmm. his life thing, you know. Um, but while we were there, I mean, <laughs> one time uh, they had a guitar room, you know, mm-hmm. that was supposed to be uh, uh, where they had the kiln if you did the pottery. And, uh, and the kiln, they took the kiln out, they put it in the warehouse, and they had all these guitars there. And next to the guitar room was a, a, another room called the drum room. Mm-hmm. And and Where I hated to go going to the guitar at? room because the drum room, the, there's always some guy in there just playing the hell out of drum, and not very good, you know, just <laughs> just loud. And it got annoying, you know. In fact, all the musicians in there got annoying. So when they when they took me, they found out I was in jail. Oh, they you got to come to the guitar room. <laughs> and I go to the guitar room, and everybody's got a guitar, you know. And so they handed me a guitar, and they wanted me to play, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I started playing. The next thing you know, everybody's joining in. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Not not playing what I'm playing, by the way. <laughs> Everybody, everybody's playing the one or two things that they know, and so oh, it was the worst nightmare they call in the that world. Noise, musician, straight up oh, noise. God, what uh, what so, jail were you in that had a guitar room and a drum room and? It's called Taft. Taft, a pool room. Pool. Yeah, they had tennis courts. <laughs> in Taft, California, it's where Halderman and Ehrlichman. That's where they did their time. Uh huh. It's a, it's a, it's a camp, and now it's behind a real hardcore prison. You know, oh, this, oh sure. There we go. It's a hardcore prison in front. Wow. You know, with uh, with uh, I think a thousand or so, a couple of thousand people in there, but the camp only held about four hundred people. Uh, you know, and we had two dorms, and oh yeah, we had a, we had everything. Jeez. We had like a garden. We had a camp. We had, uh, and then I then I started doing the sweat lodge, and the sweat lodge was the Native Americans' uh, church, mm-hmm. and so I be I became a, a, a one of the members of the church at the I jail. At the in, jail, yeah, in, in, in prison, yeah. yeah. And, and every Saturday we could do all day Saturday and Saturday night we could do the sweat lodge. And, <laughs> In fact, you are, sometimes. Good. Huh? Now you, you're a quarter Native American, right? Yes. Yes, I remember yes. hearing about that about you. Yeah, I remember hearing that about you. That's great. Yes, I didn't know it at the time. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it at the time, but I, as soon as I heard about the sweat lodge, I, I'm in. And then I had to learn. <laughs> you know, I had, we had to do meetings. You know, the, yeah. the Native American meetings, and it was all run by Mexicans, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there was maybe maybe one uh, one partially native but i was probably more native than all of them but they, <laughs> yeah but yeah. The, but they knew and you talked about a uh, substance uh earlier 
uh, Dave, uh, the, the sweat lodge master, was also a herbalist, and he had a herb garden growing. And in the garden, uh, the thistles, you know, you could get the seeds. They're like sunflower seeds, kind of, and mm-hmm. you could chew on them. Uh, there's all uh, there's all sorts of good, like dandelion greens, mm-hmm. you know, how they're so healthy when you're uh, cooking salads. A lot of stuff growing wild. You know, I was, I was and, and they had a thing, a plant there called lion's ear. And lion's ear, if you take the, the leaf, of a lion's ear and dry it and crumble it up and roll it up like a joint it will help you sleep oh and it and and it doesn't show any thc when you get drug tested it'll help you sleep <laughs> it'll uh it'll give you uh, hallucinations you what know? is this what is it called again i'm going to put this in my phone lion's what <laughs> a, a lion's ear Lion's ear. Okay, thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'll you'll find it. It's In, a purple insider flower. tips. It's a purple flower, and it uh, it it grows like hedges. I okay. think. And and you can see it around. Yeah, the herbalist. Uh, yeah, because we're a bunch of us were complaining, you know, about uh, you know not being able to 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 smoke our weed, you know. And he said, "Well, try this." And I did, and, <laughs> and it's not addictive, you know. I, I I smoked a couple of times, but it wasn't that not not like weed, you know, where you where you Jones for it, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I, I was yeah. I was I was clean for almost three years, you know. Nice. Yeah, nothing because I wasn't going to give anybody the satisfaction of, of falling off the wagon, and you know, and, mm-hmm. and because he drug tested me so much pre-trial drug test during the jail drug test probation every every probation i go down there they drug test me they were just determined to find <laughs> and i was in i was in there with a, a a lawyer he was a speech writer uh for uh reagan wow and and he was doing time some uh oh he was doing time because he wouldn't rat out melda marcos Wow! And so, so they they gave him a year in, in prison, and uh, <laughs> and then then he got out. We actually spent. He was there was quite a few like intelligent doctors. There were seven doctors in there. Mm-hmm. That I counted them, and you know for for opioid abuse and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, uh, uh, the speechwriter, uh, he gets out. He gets out on probation. And then next thing you know, he's back in jail. When he went home, he took a half of Valium wow. to sleep. Wow. And he got drug tested and he come up dirty. Wow. And put his ass back in put him back in jail for a month. Wow. Wow. That sucks. Oh my gosh. Well, wow. Yeah. We we uh uh not that we don't love all the prison talk, but we we need to touch on your your new venture, the the bongs and the CBD and the and the mail order marijuana. What uh, what do you all got going on, man? You just running an empire oh, over we there. Got, we got it all. Well, we're we're working toward uh, Cheech and Chong dispensaries. Mm-hmm. That, like a that's franchise. The plan. Yeah, we're going to franchise it, and they're going to be around the world. <laughs> but we're starting up with San Francisco, and then we're going to have one in uh, uh, Palm Springs. I mean, this this is happening now as we speak. Mm-hmm. And 
and then we're, we're we've gone public with it uh you can buy stock and uh, i've got a lot of my rich trumpy friends by the way <laughs> <laughs> the billionaires that are buying buying my stock uh and and uh and and then, and then we got the best quality wheat and then the, our cbd line is is going crazy because mm-hmm. we can sell it in Walmart, and, mm-hmm. and it's it's in practically every state in in America, and uh, it's selling really really good. We got nice dreams uh, for the for the nighttime, and we've got good vibes for the daytime. And I'm I'm about to I'm sending a, some uh, good vibes to Harris, my golf buddy, because I, I noticed he he came close, he came second. But I, I saw him lose energy at the end of the match, mm-hmm. and and these uh, those uh, nice vibes. People are using it to uh, lose weight because it also uh, gives them energy without uh, without uh, suppressing the appetite. Mm-hmm. And and so that it, that's really. Do you sell really it by the palate? <laughs> I need a little uh, bit of that. They're they're tiny they're tiny little bottles. Let's see, I got I got one somewhere around here. So then, so then you're you, so do you have like a uh, like uh, so all the weed and whatnot that you have? Does that all come from one location, or is that like your fields, or like how does that work? Not yet. They're not ours yet. Uh, we we. Uh, We've got the best growers. We we've got people that will only deal with the best growers, mm-hmm. and, and because of my name, mm-hmm. you know, uh, we're very very fussy. Uh, for a while there, way back when we first started, uh, there, we had a couple of guys in there that were we, they were calling it Chong's Choice. It was our first uh, venture, but then we caught them selling this. Uh, terrible weed you know not mm-hmm. the best best weed they're being cheap you know and mm-hmm. so we got rid of them we got rid of them right away you but know you mentioned chong's the choice is still me. out there right yeah what's that chong's choice is still out there right well well not really as much as as more like tommy chong's uh, uh weed now okay but yeah yeah there, there's a little bit of, of hangover from that we we got taken to court and the we're it's still in court. They're they're, they're uh, it's weird because they they were doing illegal things. You know they were taking the money that was raised, and and we weren't getting any of it. That was just going to them, and it wasn't going toward anything. You know the, the weed business is full of uh, shysters like that. Yeah, you know, and oh. and, and they take care. Here's another uh, product that's really popular. Oh, nice. It's uh, they're like breast strips, you know. Oh, okay. And and, and they they're, they're loaded with ten milligrams of THC each one, and that's what my wife my wife like takes these at night. She takes a half of one when she wakes up <laughs> and she wants to go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. She'll take a half of one, and it just puts you right out. Oh, really? And uh, and can you and ship those all over? I went to. What's that? Can you ship those all over? Or is that considered? Uh, not, there are certain places that you can't yeah. can't ship it to, but uh, I, in fact, I'm not really familiar with what you can, uh, what, what places you can go to in that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because most places, you know, they, they they're still got the underground going, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, yeah, that's what and, I meant. And, we don't, we're not legal here. 
In, yeah, where's in, that? I'm Where in Minnesota. You? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like Minnesota now. Yeah. In fact, I got friends that want some. Uh, where they live in? Oh, they're in Pennsylvania. Same thing. <laughs> you you can't get that there. Yeah. But but eventually we're going to get it. We're 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 going to do a push for uh, federally legal weed. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming up you how, know? how much of that there's a we how much of that you think is on your back like the the whole 420 and the whole legalizing marijuana and whatnot how much of that push do you feel like because i mean you're big into this this is your this is your deal and and yeah. how how you know how much do you consider uh yourself the you know the the reason for all this happening i mean it, 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 California was first, obviously. Was California first? I don't know. But no, uh, Colorado. Colorado, yeah, 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 yeah. But so Colorado's so, first. But you've been very active with this, and 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 now we're moving on to federal, which it should. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. To go all the way through, but how much time and energy and activity are you still putting into the legalization portion of it, rather than running your 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 venture? No, uh, we, we do it the same thing yeah. at the same time. You know, whenever I make appearances or, or you know, I've I've got legal connections, and and we're we're having we we're having to be patient. That's what I tell everybody. You know, and it, baby steps. You know, mm-hmm. you, you legalize it, and then, and then I go there and, and and we teach people. You know that it's it's not a, a, a fly by night. Uh, thing you know right. it's it's a lifestyle mm-hmm. and, and if people you know react like uh oh you know well in fact i was with uh these the, these young kids uh and at, at dinner and they're 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 offsprings of the investors and <laughs> and they they told me you know i've never smoked weed and 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 what should i do and i said well study Mm-hmm. Study about don't don't put anything in your mouth unless you know exactly what it's going to do to you. Right. You know. Right. You know. Don't There's don't a pro be, tip. Yeah, yeah. You study. I did mm-hmm. when when I got turned on. I, I I didn't right away smoke it up. I put that joint in my pocket, and then <laughs> yeah. and the guy that gave me he, gave, he lit up one of his. <laughs> and my my first toke my first toke whoa just put me. Uh, you know, right on the path. Mm-hmm. But that one, that one joint, man, it lasted me a month. Because <laughs> I, 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 I'm still like that. I'm still like yeah. that. I still because in Canada, you don't know when you're going to get another joint. You mm-hmm. know, oh. and 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 you share usually you shared it with everybody. And we're musicians, so we take a little dope. And we're mm-hmm. when we're rolling joints or something, a, a little, a, a little bundle or a little. A bud falls on the mm-hmm. floor. You get on the floor picking it up. Hell yeah, you do. You don't let that shit go to waste. Come on. <laughs> no, it goes to waste. How uh... anyway, you get you get marijuana dust? That's good, man. That makes <laughs> yep. little sinners. How are yep. you? Uh, 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 can you? Can you? I, I'm, I'm pushing on your memory here with your dates. Can you pinpoint the point where you're 1967 to 1980ish 90s weed turned into this? crazy shit that they have now <clears throat> like there was there was a point where it went from like you know uh recre you know i don't want to say recreational but like just you eat by the corner well like you know, dirt just, weed. just yeah dirt weed. We, we call it dirt weed to this yep. new turbocharged shit they, well when they bring it up from mexico they put dirt and sugar and all sorts of crap in there make it heavy 
So, so you, you, you put it on a scale, you go, oh, yeah, there's a pound. But may, of that pound, maybe half the pound is uh, crap. But, it, but today's that. wheat is noticeably stronger and different than, than any of that shit ever was. Like, this stuff nowadays is... It's, it's cleaner. That's is that what it is? It's just cleaner. It's not any stronger. It's not any... It doesn't do any more. Hey, listen, I've had weed back in the day, hash. Mm-hmm. That that you know they mm-hmm. when they do dabs now. Mm-hmm. Well, back in the day it was hash. Yeah. And you know what hash is? Especially you get it from Nepal. You get the pollen, not the pollen. I'm sorry, the crystals mm-hmm. from the bud, and 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 they they take that and then they make it, press it into a, a thing and they make little hash hash mm-hmm. cookies or hash balls and that is pure as you'll ever find growing now today mm-hmm. you know back back in and this is in nepal yeah and this is uh india and some of the indica that grows in the mountains i mean that wow. that stuff that stuff will put you to, to sleep put you yeah. in a coma Primo. if you smoke too much yeah yeah so so the only thing you're getting now is a, a cleaner product because you don't have that that additive that mixture yeah and, and and so some of the bud you know, uh, they've tested it. It's got, yeah, a tremendous amount of THC, you know. But what we're looking for is, especially for my, uh, for our weed, is uh, is not not so much the powerful uh, CBD, but the mixture of the of the plant, the healthy plant, so you can get the CBD. Mm-hmm. See, that's the healing parts. the The THC also heals, and and the THC is cured. Uh, skin cancer, for instance, you know, you put the 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 topical mm-hmm. the the weed itself on a, on a skin. Mm-hmm. Like one guy in Canada, Rick Simpson, they call him. He he had a, a, a skin blemish or something, and the doctor was going to remove it, but he put the THC on, on right on the on the sore. Mm-hmm. And the sword disappeared. Wow, weed's amazing. Wow. Weed's amazing. And, and you know the doc. You know the doctors did. Huh. They called the police. <laughs> <laughs> they called the police because he used. He, yep. he took a job away from them by using by healing himself. <laughs> what, so what? that's the mentality we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do, do, you know, is, why is there like a book? You, do you have a book can, out? What's that? Why don't you have a book? Uh, there's enough on there, on, on the phone now. No, no. <laughs> no, <laughs> no you know, I, the, I'm, gonna, I'm going to do a book. I'm just the stories. It's like holy shit. Yeah, you could probably write. No, I'm going to do. I'm going to do a book of poetry because <gasps> that's my that's my next gig. I That's published a poetry good. book last year. I write poetry, so I published one last year. Oh, you did? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great to hear. I love poetry. It's great. It's good for you. Well, well <laughs> let's, stay, let's stay in touch. You can help me publish mine. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you have more connections than me. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Not really. Not really. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I would rather talk to someone that, that has gone through it, you know? It's an amazing uh, process. It really is. It's great. Yeah, it's great. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Well, text me your number or something and, uh, you know, 
that, right. because because yeah i'm i'm at that stage now because i write mm-hmm. all the time i'll wake up in the middle of the night and if i hear phrases or words i collect them yeah i collect them and then i write on my phone and then uh and they become they become like i said that does your mama know about me was uh, a mm-hmm. poem yeah and uh, in fact uh, when i do perform it again i i never sang it myself because i don't have that bobby taylor voice mm-hmm. but but i was practicing here in, in my studio and i was practicing reading it like a poem and it's pretty pretty impressive you know yeah very nice well good for you yeah i'll definitely keep in contact with you and yeah whatever advice I can give you. It's, it's a great process. It's really cool to put a book together. And my, my publisher said to me one time, he was just like, regardless of if this is the only book that you do, he's like, your words are always going to live on. And I just sort of love that. And I was like, okay, that's the impression I can make when my words are living on. So. Yeah, well, that little girl at Biden's uh, inauguration. You know, mm, yes. Great. She just knocked me off the chair. You know, I looked mm-hmm. at her and I listened to her and, and, and I, and I noticed how everybody was just enraptured by her. Mm-hmm. And then I noticed when, when when you when you when you uh, uh, dissect songs, like a lot of rap songs, a lot of uh, uh, vocals and that, you hear the words are so beautiful, and people are they're totally missing the meaning. Yeah, like like the song "My Funny Valentine." Mm-hmm. You make me you make me uh, you make me smile with your heart. Mm-hmm. Oh, that a, word, that yeah. phrase, mm-hmm. that phrase, you make me smile with my heart. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that song a million times. I never really paid attention to it, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I, I love being a poet. And also, I, I, I love, I, I'm, I'm kind of done. I'm, I'm, I'm done with the, you know, I'll have music, but it'll be soft jazz. You know, something. Yeah. I, I'm done with the loud. Do you think? Mm-hmm. Come on, let's go one more time. You do know? you think you'll do? Uh, you, you'll are you doing any more comedy dates? Are you are you doing any stand up kind of stuff? No, 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 no. I think it's. I think, I think that's done. In fact, I know it's done. <laughs> I think. Uh, no, I'm, I think a, I'm a poet now. Wow! Yeah, I love it. Yeah, we, yeah. I, I like the idea that uh, you're putting a book together. I was really hoping for like a biography kind of thing, autobiography. Well, I've got one. I've got one out called uh, "Meditations from the Joint." It's uh, Harper Harper Collins. Collins, sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. Meditations from the Joint. It tells about my journey in in prison and that you know. Nice. And then I got another book out called uh, "Cheech and Chong Story." You know, I've I've talked about the the Cheech, Cheech wrote his version. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Does he, it cover everything? He kind of he kind of dicked all all of my my things. And the thing is, I, I got to tell you, man, I I I only deal in truth. Yeah. You know, respect. And no, no, one of Cheech's uh, uh, talents is that he can lie like a motherfucker. <laughs> 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 wow. Okay. <laughs> and, he, and he does. Hmm. He does. No, I'm not afraid to say it now because, because we did a we did a that that the pickup you know for the documentary and uh, and no we were in Hawaii mm-hmm. and, and we're play, about to play the uh, the Waikiki Bowl uh-huh. in, in Hawaii and Cheech he's backstage now he was known for his memory he says. You know, this is the first time we play here. 
And I looked at Cheech. I said, are you serious? He said, yeah, we never played here before. Okay. And, <laughs> and I looked, is he joking? Because he obviously jokes. Yeah. He wasn't joking. <laughs> and he started to argue with me. And the way he argues, you know, is that, mm-hmm. no, no, man. You know, he's much smarter. He's got a way better memory than me. He's mm-hmm. a bit more educated. He's all of that. And finally, <laughs> the, one of the guys that owned the Waikiki or the promoters, he came up, he said, hey, look, I found the newspaper article of when you guys last <laughs> played here. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> with pictures. With pictures. <laughs> Even the pictures. <laughs> oh, man. No, I, uh, you know, my, my, my spiritual upbringing taught me the power. There's power to truth. Mm-hmm. In fact, truth has got so much power. Yeah. You can't, you can't move it. Mm-hmm. You can't do nothing with it. You can mess with it, but mm-hmm. you can't change it i like something i heard you say in an interview where you said people who don't tell the truth are like lazy because i don't want to accept it or like deal with it and i thought that was yeah. sort of cool that the way that you presented like how you said that i was like it is true like they're being lazy because they don't want to put the work in to actually tell the truth because i don't want to have like everything that follows with the truth that brings what, what yeah, bring. yeah 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 which 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 is respect yeah yeah no, no matter uh, yep. you know as long as you're you're truthful it doesn't matter what you've done Mm-hmm. You get respect right yep. away. Yep. Right away. And the opposite. Once you get caught in a lie, that's what you lose. Yeah. You don't may not lose money. You may not lose uh, position, but you lose respect. Yep. And that's the only thing. Our reputations are the only thing that we leave behind. Yeah. So when true. we die, that's all we leave. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as the money or the house or cars or anything, that is nothing. Mm-hmm. But it's who you are, what you were. And that's why a lot of times they say, how do you like to be remembered? Well, for sure, I, I want to be remembered as yeah. the guy <laughs> yeah. that, that told the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Because yeah. I found, man, I found that is so powerful. It is. And, and, and that's the books, you know, uh, like you, you're talking about, you know, how people uh, – you know, get tired of religion or, you know, they don't, you know, like my daughter's funny. She, she watches the Scientology show every night because it puts her to sleep. (laughs) 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 The the expose of Scientology. She watches it every night. She's visiting us from uh, Toronto and she's sleeping on, on, in my office here. And, and I got, every time I come in, she's watching, she, no, she has it on. But she, mm-hmm. ever since she's a little girl, she used to fall asleep with the TV on, and now yeah. that's that's the way she sleeps. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, the, 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 you can do so much with truth. Like if if, if Trump had been just a, this much truthful, <laughs> he'd still be president. <laughs> if if he could just say, "I don't know," just once, say, "You know, I really don't know. I'll have to look into that." Not he's never but taught he never that word. Did. He's never taught. I don't know. <laughs> okay. No, he's lazy. He's lazy. It's much, it's much rather easier to say, "Oh yeah, I got a degree in English," than to actually have one. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Right. But but that's the way it is. But you know, and 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 I've learned now that I I, I feel sorry and I forgive everybody that 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 do things like that. I I I don't. There's another thing too, you know, like, like you don't want to pray 
if you got some feelings inside mm-hmm. you against somebody else or something else. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. get, take care of that. Clean up, clean up that one first. Mm-hmm. And then and then submit your prayer. Prayer has been working for me like crazy lately. Prayer is oh, very powerful, my, very powerful thing. Oh, my. Last night I woke up. I had the worst case of it, like um, that acidy acid reflux feeling, you know, mm-hmm. what's it called? Acid reflux. Yeah, the worst case. And I, I went to the refrigerator. I got a little, found some. Pickle juice, you know, that usually helps. Okay. Or, or, or uh, <laughs> uh, apple acid, vinegar. Apple vinegar the acid, eh? <laughs> and so so, I, so I, I tried it. It still didn't work. And so then I said, you know what? I'm going to pray this away. Mm-hmm. And so I did. And it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I worked up this morning, all gone. Everything wow. gone. Gone. And I no usually you know that's my last you mm-hmm. know, well you know <laughs> you know they they say they always say he didn't have a prayer to never pray. you know people do that you know yeah. they don't they don't they don't go to the Almighty until it's there's nothing else to do okay then oh God help you <laughs> know resort. yeah but if you go there first mm-hmm. you go there first I do that with my phone all the time I lose this phone all the time and, <laughs> and then then I got a conversation with God I said okay God where's my phone <laughs> love it I'm not it, sure I'm uh, not sure he's uh, got time to be looking for your phone <laughs> I think you're abusing the privilege <laughs> <laughs> half the time half the time I got it in my hand <laughs> <laughs> that brings us back to the drugs uh, sure. So, I know. <laughs> I uh, we're running long here, Sarge. We gotta we gotta wrap things up. I um, you've been a complete joy. I uh, I think you got stories on top of stories. I do. I I, I think it's I do. A, a really amazing journey that you've had, and mm-hmm. uh, and it was great that you were able to give us a little bit of time and oh, and yeah. uh, and let us into the window. It's mm-hmm. stories on top of stories. I. Um, <sighs> So where can people, where's the best place for people to find your product or find, uh, find more about what you got going on? Online, TommyChong.com, you know, or, or Tommy, uh, what is it? Get CBD, Tommy Chong's Get CBD, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I, don't, a, I never go online. Quite a commercial right there. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But you're pretty active yeah. on like social media and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we got kicked off of uh, of uh, uh, Facebook. Why? Because of the the drug content. Yeah. Wow. Cheech and Chong. Cheech and Chong got kicked off. We had millions of viewers, and they kicked us off. But they're advertising my CBD on Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What the hell? Full circle, baby. <laughs> that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's. Uh, yeah, I, I really, you know, uh, I'm, I'm the worst. In fact, my son won't <laughs> let me. My son won't let me uh, have a uh, Instagram uh, thing. <laughs> I, I was with these young kids, and they said, "Well, let me look up Instagram." They, they looked at my phone. They go, "Oh, you don't have an Instagram." Uh, <laughs> my son, because he's uh, restricting for a while, you, especially when when Trump was in. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was like a, a big uh, anti-Trumper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So now and they just so, took, they just took it away from you. I love it. Yeah, my my daughter's taking my dog out for a walk. He doesn't want to go. He's he's lazy <laughs> as I. <laughs> 
he's as lazy as I am. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he's cute. He's cute. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I wish I, I I don't really, I, you know, people, if they want my product, they'll find it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. That's that's one thing about weed, man. It sells itself. (laughs) That's true. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? You don't have to do any fancy things. I mean, we do giveaways. I mean, we, we do, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, two for ones and all that stuff, you know, but mm-hmm. that's, that's their Do you problem, have all the man. different st- but, strain mixes and stuff for like, yep. you know, yep. like yeah, we got, uh, well, basically there's two, there's a uh, sativa and there's okay. indica. Yeah. And that's, that's all you got to remember. And the indica can be a little more stronger and make you more lethargic and sleepy. And my dog just came back. He didn't go for a walk. He, just, he escaped. Precious. Oh. <laughs> he's, 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 oh, no, well, Kelly's here. My okay. little granddaughter. My little granddaughter is here with him. Oh. You're not taking him up for a walk? No. Uh, what was I saying? I can't remember anymore. Oh, about the sativa and the indica. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, and uh, and and you know the CBD that that's what I really recommend for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, and pain, oh, the yeah. oh, pain, the the ointment, oh, it works so good. Uh, you know, I was weird. I'm, I'm getting this weird feeling in my hands. You know, mm. and you know because I do a lot of cameos and, yeah. and a lot of cameos. They ask me to get high with them. And so a lot, a lot of times I'm high and I'm feeling weird <laughs> because I'm high. <laughs> and, and so my hands, I can, my hands are, you know, sore. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, man, I'm a guitar player. <laughs> <laughs> I've been playing so long, I forget that it takes oh. strength and, and, and muscle to play a guitar. It does. It Cramping does. up. Yeah, yeah. But, they make a CBD oh, for that. Hey, that's it, another right? thing. That's another mm-hmm. thing. You know, people say, "How do you get through this pandemic?" Well, I'm a comedian, and I've been enjoying my own comedy through the whole pandemic <laughs> because I do some stupid things that that I only I could enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, really funny thing. I'm going to start doing more um, like TikTok kind of thing. In fact, we might do a podcast. We're we're working on that too, but I, I I devised a way to do a workout without going to the gym, <laughs> doing doing house chores okay. and gardening, and gardening. <laughs> mm-hmm. For instance, I, I there's a way to sweep the 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 side or the back, you know, the patio, mm-hmm. and and dance tango. You're putting all oh. the prison stuff oh, back into I got action. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> You put the broom on your yeah. chest. You go. And, and, and it's a push broom. <laughs> yeah. It's a push broom. Yep. And, because the idea of tango is that you lead the men, lead mm-hmm. with your chest. Yeah. You lead with your chest. Yeah. You see, you got yep. your chest out there. And if you put the broom there, now you mm-hmm. can do the exercise. Yes. Because it's a push with your legs mm-hmm. and, and you lead with your chest. And yeah. the hardest thing about tango is the tango walk, like I said. And, and the secret to the tango walk is that you engage your legs while you're standing. Okay. You know, you don't lose them. You, you engage your legs and your butt. Everything gets 
like rigid. And mm-hmm. so if you're standing on one leg or the other, you got perfect balance and your head doesn't move. Mm-hmm. And so you, so you got this perfect balance. Now I practice that all the time now. And because I, I got really embarrassed. I was on Dance with the Star. I was just going to say. I, I the tangled. I got a tan and tangle uh, from uh, um, the comedian. And then, uh, but then after the show ended, I took my wife dancing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't dance with her. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I couldn't because I was so used to dancing being backled by pros mm-hmm. you know oh, these are professional dancers they will have you do a step that you never knew you do yeah <laughs> <laughs> and it'll look so simple mm-hmm. but when you're dancing with your partner that doesn't mm-hmm. da- you know that expects to be led mm-hmm. i didn't know how to lead okay and so and so i've been i spending almost almost a couple of years now learning learning how to lead and we, we did a little TikTok one time, and I'm better. Okay, I'm better. that's good. How far did you get in Dancing yeah. with the Stars? I got to the finals. Ooh. I made it right up to the finals. Very Ooh. nice. And well, you know, I I I I made it past the semifinals. Yeah. And then and then I was the guy uh, that had to go uh, for the for the remainder to be the the ones that did it and i was so glad man i was so glad to get off that show <laughs> they say it's a crazy ass workout like like oh hardcore workout God. Yeah. that was a workout i i mean i think i got cancer from it i, I think that's when the rectal cancer came in <laughs> because i never had it before and then after dance with the stars Dance with the stars, man. I was next. Uh, I think a, a couple of weeks later, I was in getting an operation. You know, yeah, because yeah, because of I the don't stress. know. I don't know if that lawsuit's going to hold. Wow. The, so, the stress. No, for my age. I'm I'm talking about my age. You oh, know. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, for anybody else, because the judges were sitting there. They were amazed. <laughs> uh, uh, what's the name? Uh, what's the old guy? Lenny. Lenny mm-hmm. was sitting there. He says. Yeah, I look at how old I was older than Lenny, oh, wow. <laughs> and Lenny couldn't do any of the stuff that I was doing. I and was Lenny was amazed. Lenny. I mean, that's why I, that's one of the reasons they kept me on so long mm-hmm. because uh, it was the audience and everything else. But uh, I, I, I really, uh, I, 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 you know, you put a camera or a, or a movie camera or something on me, mm-hmm. I will, I will deliver. You know, no, just my nature. We're like a, we're like an hour forty into it. I didn't recognize yeah. that. I oh yeah, we're getting deep. I do have. I was asking Darren if I could ask you this question because there's something that I heard. So you said that you want to go to Laos because, like, a lot of my best friends are like twenty plus years are Laotian. My ex is Laotian Chinese, so it's just like, and I'm huge about Laos. I talk about it all the time. I cook the food. Um, I know to speak a little bit of Laos. And I, when I heard that you said you wanted to go to Laos, I literally like stood up and like was clapping. I was like, yes. Oh, yeah. Laos well, is, I, I, um, I, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. I, I'm watching all these, all these travel shows. Yes. You know, that's what, that's why I, I don't watch, you know, the dramas or the comedies or anything. Mm-hmm. I watch travel shows. Okay, because yeah. Because I'm picking out places where I want to go. I saw this picture of Laos. It's in the mountains. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, 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 and the villages are, are like like hippie villages it's amazing you know? yeah yeah and yeah. and and, the, and, the, and their the, their jobs their textiles mm-hmm. they make beautiful beautiful clothes and mm-hmm. and Laos, Laos is all about food and beauty 
Yeah, it really is. It's beauty and their gentleness. And they've got a herd of elephants that hide in the in the bamboo forest. You don't <laughs> yeah. even see them. They're yep. hidden and they're hidden and they're elephants. How do you hide an <laughs> elephant? <laughs> and and the, the people in the culture, they're so evolved. Mm-hmm. I mean, oh my God, I, I saw that. And, and my son, he's married now to a... a uh, she's uh, from uh, Jakarta, Indonesian. Okay. Mm-hmm. But but he had a, a Laos, uh, not really a girlfriend, but mm-hmm. uh, a, a date that he took out. Mm-hmm. Beautiful, so beautiful, and their ways are so beautiful. It is, and and, and it's it's so I don't know. They remind me of like birds mm-hmm. in the jungle. Yeah. you know they're so gentle. The voice, the sound, you know, you know, a lot of places around the world, it's harsh. Mm-hmm. You, know, yeah. you know, they got that. Mm-hmm. The Laotians are they're, they're like, it's like birds. Listen to birds sing when you hear them. <laughs> it's very you captivating. Know? It's very, very captivating. I like fell in love with the food. I mean, I've been, I was with my ex for 16 years, but like when I first started eating the food, I was like 17 and I was like, what is this amazing cuisine? Like I was yeah. like, felt I was gypped for my whole life up to a certain <laughs> point. Like it's, it's amazing. Like just the culture, the food, the land, everything. And it just made my heart happy that someone said Laos, because when you talk about a lot, not a lot of people know about Laos, where it's at and what it's about. And it's like to hear someone say yeah. that, it made my heart happy. So like, that's why I had to bring it up. I was like, now I even love you even more because you talked about Laos. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that's what I'm looking for now. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Because that's what I'm going to do with my life now. I'm just going to mm-hmm. look look for beauty. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote a poem. It's, it's look around and you will see the reflections of your mind. If you look for love with an open heart, love is all that you will find. Oh, man. Okay. Well, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> look at you. The poetry hour. Oh, you're good. You're good. You're good. You're deep. You He's can a feel professional. It. You're good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So shall I leave you with that? Yes. 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 Beautiful way to leave it. Sure. Yeah. Well, anytime. Any, anytime I'm available. And uh... That's it. That's the end. That's a wrap. Read the shtick. That's a wrap for today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe and tell all your friends. If you'd like to reach out, you can use the studio line at 612-504-6500 or by email, thedkprojectpodcast at gmail.com. And, of course, there's always social media at the DK Project Podcast. Thanks for tuning in.